0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Catholic Spectrum. Each week, I discuss topics related to Catholicism, autism, and pop culture. This week, I'm sharing some of my favorite Catholic jokes. I ran into a bit of a snag this time for this month. Um, I was going to review the movie Music during Autism Acceptance Month. Actually, I was going to rip it to shreds. But I learned it's not on DVD yet, at least not as of this recording. It's on demand in Amazon Prime, but I'd rather watch it without having to spend any money. Because I don't think a movie that I'm going to hate deserves my money. I've decided on a plan B, so all next month, which is Autism Acceptance Month, I'm going to have a different autistic person for a profile on autism every week. I realized I need a good quickie topic that requires little prep time, And since I like Catholic jokes, I've decided to share some of my favorites. We Catholics have such a unique brand of humor. And I thought it would be a good topic to do that I wouldn't need a lot of prep time for. So, let's get started. Danny's son Mark was failing math. He and his his wife tried tutors, but none of them worked. In desperation, they enrolled him in the Catholic school. After the first day, they were surprised when Mark walked in after school with a stern, focused, and very determined expression on his face. He went right past them, straight to his room, and quietly closed the door. For nearly two hours, he twirled away in his room with math books scattered all over the desk. He only stopped for dinner, bath, and bedtime. This continued every night until it was time for the first quarter report card. Mark walked in with his report card and laid it on the coffee table. His parents were astonished to see an A in math. Tell me what changed, Danny asked. Was it the one-on-one tutoring? No, answered the child. The peer mentoring? Danny asked. No, his his son answered. The textbooks? No. The curriculum? No. Then what, his father asked. Well, the boy explained, on the first day... When I saw that guy put nail to the plus sign, I knew they meant business. A priest, a bishop, and a cardinal were meeting for a conference. They had to make their way across a creek to get to their destination. The cardinal went first and walked on the water right to the building. The bishop also. I mean, the bishop came next and also walked on the water right to the building. The priest pondered this. I think this will work. I'm a man of the cloth. Why shouldn't I be able to do this? He took a deep breath and took his first step. Splash! The bishop and the cardinal looked at each other. Think we should have told him where the rocks were, said the bishop. A man asked God, what's a million years like to you? God answered, my child, a million years is like a second. The man asked, what's a million dollars to you? God answered, a million dollars is like a penny. The man thought and asked, God, can I have a penny? Just a second, God answered. On their way to get married, a young Catholic couple were involved in an accident. They found themselves standing in front of the pearly gates waiting for St. Peter to process them into heaven. While they were waiting, they began to wonder, could they get married in heaven? When St. Peter arrived, they asked him if it would work. St. Peter said, I don't know. You're the first people who've ever asked, and he left. The couple sat and waited for an answer for three months. While they waited, they discussed the pros and cons. If they were allowed to get married in heaven, should they? After all, heaven is eternal. What if it doesn't work out? St. Peter finally returned and looked bedraggled. Yes, he he informed them, you can get married in heaven. Great, said the husband, but we were just wondering, what if it doesn't work out? Can we get a divorce? St. Peter was red with anger. He slammed his clipboard on the ground. What's wrong? The wife asked. Oh, come on. It took me three months to find an available priest. Do you have any idea how long it would take me to find a lawyer? The Pope goes to New York. This is before the days of the Popemobile. He is picked up at the airport by a limo. He looks at the beautiful car and says to the driver, You know, I hardly ever get to drive. You think you could let me? The driver is hesitant. I don't think I'm supposed to do that, but the Pope persists. Please. The driver finally lets up. Oh, all right. I guess I can't say no to the Pope. So they switch places. The Pope guns the engine like he's in the Indy 500, gunning 100 in a 45 mile per hour zone. A cop pulls him over. The cop notices the Pope in the driver's seat. He goes back to his car and radios the chief. cop says, Chief, I have a problem. Chief says, what sort of problem? Cop says, well, you see, I pulled over someone for speeding, but he seems pretty important. Chief says, important like the mayor? Cop says, no, more important than that. Chief says, important like the governor? Cop says, more. Chief says, important like the president? Cop says, way more important. Chief says, who could be more important than the president? Cop says, I don't know, but the pope's driving for him. Late one night, a burglar broke, burglar broke into a house he thought was empty. He tiptoed into the living room. He stopped dead in his tracks when he heard a voice say, Jesus is watching you. He looked around but saw nothing, so he kept going. And again, the voice said, Jesus is watching you. He turned on the light, and all he saw was a parrot. He walks over to the cage. Did you say Jesus is watching me? Yes, the parrot answered. What's your name, he asked. Clarence, the parrot answered. What kind of idiot names their parrot Clarence, the burglar sneered. The same idiot who names their Doberman Jesus. A man brought, bought a mule from a monk who lived in a very isolated monastery. The monk said the mule had been trained in a very special way. If he wanted to make a move, he had to shout, Hallelujah! And the only way to make the mule stop was to command Amen. But the price was right and the buyer was pleased with his purchase. Immediately he got on the mule to try out the monk's instructions. Hallelujah, he shouted, and the mule began to trot. Amen, shouted the man, and the mule stopped immediately. This is great, he said. With a bellowing hallelujah, he rode off very happy. As the man traveled through some mountains toward a towering cliff, he suddenly forgot the word to make the mule stop. Exodus, the man said. Nothing. Jerusalem, he cried. The the mule just kept going toward the cliff. Oh, no, what was that word? Bible, Church, Holy Ghost, he shouted the man. The mule just began to trot faster and closer and closer to the cliff's edge. Finally, in desperation, the man said a prayer. Please, Mort, make this blasted mule stop before I go over off the edge of this mountain. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just then, the mule abruptly stopped, just a step from the edge of the cliff. Hallelujah, the man shouted. No excuses Sunday. Cots will be placed in the narthex for those who say Sunday is my only day to sleep in. There will be a special section with lounge chairs for those who feel the pews are too hard. Eye drops will be available for those with tired eyes who watch too much TV late Saturday night. We will have steel helmets for those who say the roof would cave in if I ever came to church. Blankets will be furnished for those who think the church is too cold and fans for those who say it is too hot. Scorecards will be available for those who wish to keep track of all the hypocrites present. A prominent space will be allotted at the top of the card for the cardholder to write his or her own name first. We will distribute since since when isn't a dollar enough placards for use during the collection. The section by the window will be reserved for those who like to seek God in nature. The altar will be decorated with both Christmas poinsettias and Easter lilies for those who have never seen the church without one or other of them. A confirmed atheist college professor announced that he was going to prove to the students that there was no God. Standing at his lectern, he announced loudly, God, if you're real, I want you to knock me off this platform. I'll give you 15 minutes. As the clock ticked away the minutes, the professor kept taunting God, saying, Here I am. I'm still waiting. When there was only a minute left, a hulking 250-pound linebacker from the university's football team came running in from his seat in the back of the room, tackled the professor and sent him flying off the platform. God was busy, said the football player. A Catholic laywoman whose life hadn't exactly been a model of sainthood died and was greeted at the heaven's gate by St. Peter. Her destination was hell. St. Peter told her in no uncertain terms, but at least she would be able to choose among the three hells he would show her. The first hell was very hot and she saw people burning in fire and screaming. The next was freezing cold and she saw people shivering and crying out for relief. In the third hell, she saw people who looked quite happy despite standing an excrement up to their waists. They were drinking coffee and chatting. That's not too bad, she thought, despite the smell. So she said to St. Peter, I choose the third hell. And poof, that's where she went. She grabbed a cup of coffee and felt comfortable until there was an announcement over the loudspeaker. Attention, attention, coffee break is over. It's time to stand on your heads again. Bill Gates died in a car accident and found himself in purgatory being sized up by God. Well, Bill, I'm really confused. I'm not sure whether to send you to heaven or hell. After all, you enormously helped society by putting a computer in almost every home, and you were very generous with your money. Yet you created that ghastly Vista operating system, and you repented, but you repented and gave us Windows 7. So I'm gonna do something I'd never done before. I'm gonna let you decide whether you where you want to go. Bill replied, Well thanks, God, but what's the difference between the two? God offered to let him look I mean let him view both places so he could choose. Bill said, Okay, then let's try hell first. So God brought up hell on his computer and Bill saw a beautiful, clean, sandy beach with clear waters. There were thousands of beautiful women running around, playing in the water, laughing and frolicking about. The sun was shining. The temperature was perfect. Bill was very pleased. This is great, he told God. If this is hell, then I really want to see heaven. Fine, said God, and he brought up heaven on the screen. Heaven was a high place in the clouds with angels drifting about playing harps and singing. It was nice, but not nearly as enticing as hell. I think I prefer hell, he told God. Fine, said God, as you desire. So Bill Gates went to hell. Two weeks later, God decided to check up on the late billionaire to see how he was doing. When God arrived in hell, he found Bill shackled to a wall, screaming in the hot flames in a dark cave. So, Bill, God said, how are things going? This is awful, Bill said. What happened to the other place with the beaches and the beautiful women playing in the water? God said, oh, sorry, that was the screensaver. Pastors, good news, bad news day. Good news. The women's club voted to send you a get well card. Bad news. The vote passed 31 to 30. Good news. The parish council accepted your job description the way you wrote it. Bad news. They were so inspired by what it said, they're asking the bishop for a priest capable of filling the position. Good news. The finance committee finally voted to add more church parking. Bad news. They went to blacktop... They want to back the front lawn of the rectory. Good news. Church attendance rose dramatically over the last three weeks. Bad news. You were on vacation. Good news. The church youth group came to the rectory for a visit. Bad news. It was in the middle of the night, and they bought toilet paper and shaving cream. Every time a pope is elected, there are many ancient rituals and ceremonies in accordance with tradition. There is one tradition few people know about, however. Shortly after the new pope is enthroned, the chief rabbi of Rome seeks an audience. He presents the pope with a silver tray bearing a a velvet cushion. On top of the cushion is an ancient shriveled parchment envelope. The pope symbolically stretches out his arm in a gesture of rejection. The chief rabbi leaves taking the envelope with him, and does not return until the next pope is elected. Pope Francis was intrigued by this ritual, the origins of which were unknown to him. He instructed Vatican scholars to research it, but they came up with nothing. When the time came and the chief rabbi arrived for his audience, the new pope faithfully enacted the ritual rejection, but as the chief rabbi turned to leave, the pope called him back. My brother, the Holy Father whispered, I must confess that we are ignorant of the meaning of this ritual repeated for centuries with the representative of the Jewish people. I have to ask you, what's it all about? The chief rabbi shrugged and replied, We have no more idea than you. The origin of the ceremony is lost in the mists of history. The pope said, Let us retire to my private chambers and enjoy a glass of wine together. Then, with your agreement, we shall open the envelope and discover the secret at last chief rabbi agreed. He was as curious as the pope. When they were alone, the pope gingerly pried open the parchment with, envelope with trembling fingers, and the chief rabbi removed a folded sheet of ancient paper. It was written in ancient Aramaic, Aramaic. What does it say, the pope asked. It's the bill for the Last Supper, said the rabbi. A pious man who had reached the age of a hundred to five st- suddenly stopped going to mass. Alarmed by the fellow's absence after so many years of faithful audience attendance, the pastor went to see him. He found him in excellent health, so the priest asked, How come after all these years we don't see you at Mass anymore? The old man lowered his voice. I tell you, I'll tell you, Father, he whispered, when I got to be ninety, I expected God to take me any day. But then I got to be ninety-five, then a hundred, then a hundred-five. So I figured God is very busy must have forgotten about me, and I don't want to remind him. And here's the last one. Like many young men, the deacon's teenage son didn't really know what to do when he wanted to grow up. I mean, when he grew up. While the son didn't seem too concerned about it, his father was. One day, his father decided to try an experiment. He placed four objects on his son's desk. A Bible, a $10 bill, a ball of whiskey, and a Playboy magazine. When my son comes home from school, I'll see which one he picks up, the deacon said to himself. If it's the Bible, he's going to be a priest or a deacon. What a blessing that would be. If he picks up the money, he's going into business. That'd be okay, too. But if he picks up the bottle, he's going to be a no-good drunken bum. Lord, what a shame that would be. Worst of all, if he picks up that magazine, he's going to be a skirt-chasing womanizer. I don't think I could tolerate that. When the boy came home, he tossed his books onto the bed and spotted the four objects. He put the Bible under his arm. Slipped the $10 into his pocket, uncorked the bottle, and took a big swig, and started paging through the magazine. Lord have mercy, whispered the deacon himself. To himself, he's going to run for Congress. Well, that's it for this collection of Catholic jokes. There may be another selection further down the road. I liked doing this. But next week, we start Autism Acceptance Month. So, I've decided that because I can't do the movie music yet, we're going to do a whole month of famous autistic people. And we're going to start with the lead singer of of Talking Heads, David Byrne. So, if you want to find past episodes of the Catholic Spectrum, you can look for them on Spotify, Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can contact me by email at RadicalEdwardJWT at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook as my real name, Jason Thayer. You can find me at Wrong Planet, also by my real name, Jason Thayer. And you can find me on Discord. My hashtag, my username there is capital R, radical, and capital, and then a space, and then capital E for Edward. So radical, space, Edward, both words are capitalized, and then hashtag 7597. Please share this podcast with your friends, write a review, or give me a five-star rating. And remember everyone, normal is just as sitting on the washing machine, we don't get to be normal. See you around.